Hello there, my name is Danny Yeoman, wild bird expert for Pets Corner and developer of Peter and Paul Bird Foods. Welcome to the next of a number of podcasts detailing some of the amazing birds that we see and feed in our gardens. Every week we're looking at a different bird, and this week we'll be looking at a spectacular bird that for some isn't always welcome in their garden, and that is the wonderful grey heron. Herons in your garden create something of a dichotomy. If you have fish in your pond that you're particularly proud of, you won't want herons, but they'll come anyway. If you don't have any fish and you'd love to see a heron, well you'll probably be disappointed. Herons like fish, and with the gardens of England providing plenty of opportunities for finding them, it's not surprising that the biggest bird you're ever likely to see dropping in for a visit is the wary, patient giant that thinks nothing of waiting for hours alongside a body of water, waiting for the right moment to strike. It's sometimes easy to miss this ghostly figure, but once disturbed its large wings, deep wing beats and distinctive shape with the head tucked back into the neck is unmistakable. Herons can be found in shallow seawater, though they are more frequently found in freshwater. They can also turn up away from water, where they look rather incongruous, sometimes standing in the middle of a field for no apparent reason whatsoever. They are most often seen on their own, on their intense fishing trips, or resting up, sometimes at a water's edge, sometimes high in a tree. But for all that, herons have a strong social side to them. They will often roost together in small gatherings, and they like to nest in a colony with two or three nests together, sometimes a couple of dozen. This is why I've always found strange people putting out artificial herons in their garden, hoping to scare them away. A plastic heron will more likely attract another heron rather than deter it. Whether you love or loathe herons, they're an encouraging sight. As the birds like to hunt in clear water, their presence is a good indicator of the health of a body of water and its ability to support plenty of fish. A good sign that all is well with that particular environment, a reminder that we humans can unmake at least some of their mistakes. We have cleaned our rivers to a fairly considerable extent, and now we have herons as a reward. The grey heron is a sign of a better world, and that, in my opinion, is reason enough to like them. The grey heron is their tallest resident bird in the British Isles, and with their long legs they will wade thigh deep in water when they want to, but most of the time they seem only to want to get their ankles wet. They're a strong looking animal, white and pale grey, with a bold black badger stripe on the head. I've always thought that they've had an air of concentration, of intensity, of limited patience. That long neck looking like a coiled spring. When they are resting though, to me, they take on the look of a different sort of patience, often with their neck hunched and drawn in, looking like an old man waiting at a bus stop for a bus that never comes. On that note, they can be quite long-lived, capable of living to 25 years. The white head of the grey heron has a wispy black crest and the dagger-like bill is yellow, but turns orangey-pink during the breeding season. Male and female grey herons look alike, but juveniles have a darker grey on their chest. 
Herons are great flyers, and very distinctive ones. They give a clear impression of size, even at a distance, because of their slow rhythmic wing beats and their broad arch wings. Their legs stick out the back, but when flying for any kind of distance they duck their head in. Incidentally, if you do see a long-legged flying bird with its neck stuck out, you might consider getting overexcited, or at least giving me a call. Stork, crane and flamingo are all actually possibilities, even if the flamingos almost certainly escape from the zoo. Grey herons have a very harsh frank, frank call, which is often given in flight. If you're very close to the nest, you might also hear a rapid bill clattering noise. Herons nest in colonies or heronries, usually in the top of tall trees near water, but in the north of Britain they often choose cliffs, reed beds or bushes. Nesting begins early in the year and the male defends his own treetop territory during the breeding season. He threatens any approaching male by straightening his neck, fluffing out of plumes on his head, throat and back and snapping his beak. If the intruder doesn't retreat immediately, he may lunge at him viciously. The male calls frequently, day and night, trying to attract a mate. When a female appears, he displays by stretching his beak towards the sky, and when she comes closer, he lowers his head over his back and claps his bill repeatedly. The female usually builds the nest, using sticks and twigs. It is a large structure with a shallow saucer-shaped hollow at the top. The same nest is used year after year, and so it grows in size until it's several feet across. Fresh grass and bracken is added to serve as a lining for the four to five pale blue eggs. Most eggs are laid at the end of March. Both parents share the incubation, which starts as soon as the first egg is laid. The newly hatched chicks are covered in long blackish brown down, which is bristly on the top of the head and gives them a comical crest. They are noisy youngsters, keeping up a constant arg call as they beg regurgitated food from both parents. The eggs hatch at different times, so in years where there is a shortage of food, the biggest chicks survive and the smaller one starves. In plentiful years the whole brood will be successfully reared. The adults may fly up to 30 kilometres from their heronry to visit good hunting areas to feed their young. I'm afraid to say that Peter and Paul bird foods will not be able to help you attract grey herons into your garden. If you like this charismatic bird in your garden, the best and only way is to build yourself a pond. A wildlife pond in your garden can be an extremely attractive feature, will also provide an extra habitat for a variety of wildlife, and if the sides are gently sloped, it will be used by smaller birds for bathing and drinking, and many of them will attract frogs, newts, and quite a few aquatic and non-aquatic insects. Last year my pond attracted some grass snakes, which was extremely exciting, and also, equally exciting to me, a grey heron. For most pond owners on the other hand, owners of show class winning goldfish and koi, herons are very much an unwanted visitor. 
Herons eat mostly fish, but will also partake of amphibians and small mammals, plus small quantities of reptiles, insects, crustaceans, mollusks, worms, and even small birds. They fish mainly at dusk and dawn, which is why they are rarely seen in gardens and garden ponds. Understandably, herons will respond to a garden pond just as blue tits will attract to a seed feeder full of Peter and Paul. They will come into gardens if the weather is particularly severe and their natural hunting grounds become frozen. They will also come for an easy meal at the start of the breeding season. Young herons, when they leave the nest in June-July, have to teach themselves to fish and they are attracted to small garden ponds because they tend to offer easy fishing. There are several ways in which garden ponds can be made less attractive to herons. But remember, when you are trying to heron-proof your pond, you could also be denying other wildlife the use of the facility. Several things can be done in the endeavour to stop herons fishing your garden pond, bearing in mind they have requirements for ideal fishing. Netting can be a cost-effective solution. The mesh must be smaller than 2.5 centimetres, as anything larger than that and the heron can put his neck through. The net must also be kept taut to prevent the heron from weighing it down. You can also grow tall shrubs or emergent plants at the edge of the pond. Herons prefer feeding in areas that have good all-round view. They need to be able to see danger coming. These plants will also benefit other garden wildlife. Herons like to wade into water from the bank to fish, so when building a pond, consider building vertical sides. Very careful consideration is required before doing this, as you may have to provide means of escape, for example if a hedgehog falls into the pond. Herons also prefer calm and clear water, as it makes the fish easier to see. Adding a fountain or waterfall in your pond will make seeing fish more difficult for the heron. Water free from vegetation of any sorts leaves fewer places for the fish to hide, so by having an abundant growth of vegetation will make it more difficult for the heron. Not only will the vegetation provide natural cover for the fish, it will also help oxygenate the water. Visual heron scaring devices like windmills, flashing lights and silhouettes of birds of prey. Some work better than others, but each has a limited effectiveness. Could be a couple of hours, could be three weeks. But moving them around periodically make any of these devices more effective. The most effective solution is human presence, especially early in the morning. A human shape or scarecrow close to the pond is particularly effective. So, model herons. Some places suggest these act as a terrant. Not so. As I mentioned, herons are actually quite social animals, and when food is abundant, herons actually seem to prefer fishing in groups. If you think about it, it makes sense. The presence of another heron means they don't have to be fully alert to danger and can spend more time fishing. The truth is, herons are extremely ingenious and will find a way to exploit any unprotected food source. There is no 100% effective solution to prevent herons entering your garden and helping themselves to a feast of your prize fish. So you can try and beat them the best way you can, but at the end of the day, it's probably something you have to live with. 
Now, grey herons live in the UK all year round, although usually harsh winters or dry summers have been known to force them across the channel. Grey herons are a lot easier to see now than they were 30 years ago. Not because I'm a better bird watcher now, actually anything but. And the reason is simplicity itself. There are more fish. The more fish in a river, the more fishermen the river can support. And the reason there is more fish is because the water is clean and it is now possible for fish to live in it. The situation is not perfect, not by any means, but the improvements to waterways all over the UK over the last 30 years have been spectacular and as a result heron numbers have grown and grown. Whether you live in the town or country, you can help look after garden birds by providing a wildlife friendly garden that includes water and having the very very best food available for them, foods like Peter and Paul. For more information regarding Peter and Paul wild bird foods, please check out the Peter and Paul website at www.peter-and-paul.com or pop into one of their wonderful Pets Corner stores. The nearest store to you can be found at the Pets Corner website at www.petscorner.co.uk. Well that's it from me, I hope you've enjoyed this look at herons. For further birds please continue to check out the stream. And look forward to speaking to you soon.